Hello and welcome back to the We Are Z podcast. I'm Paul Loman. And I'm Jimmy Shee. We're here today with Andrew Luttrell, owner of the Talk This Way podcast. And Andrew, can you give just like a brief explanation of what your podcast is and kind of why you created it? Yeah, totally. Basically, I'm a huge movie buff. I love all movies. Um, I've watched movies since I was really little. Like I was always into uh, watching movies rather than TV shows. I've kind of been that way for forever. And, uh, you know, I I worked at a movie theater. That was actually my first job. And so that's kind of what uh, launched more of the addiction side of it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was really cool working there. I got to see a bunch of free movies and whatnot. But I basically, like, my, my whole, like, uh, I guess heart behind movies is I love the, uh, the way that uh, certain films, not all films, but certain films, can portray a certain emotion and, you know, the good ones can make you feel that certain emotion. Um, and I'm a very, uh, however you want to say it, like emotional being, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I love being able to watch uh, watch a movie, whether it be an action movie, a horror movie, a romantic movie, you know, whatever it may be, and be able to almost physically experience the uh, what the actor is portraying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I just, I love, that's what I love about it. I also love watching the cinematography of, of certain movies and, and being able to see what, what the directors were able to accomplish with either so little or so much equipment, you know, and, and what their, what their brains could think up of new ways to, to, uh, you know, accomplish a certain shot. Um, and it's just, it's just super cool to watch and witness. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so you talked about you know movies that certain films triggers some of your emotion. Can you just share with us like some of the movies that um, impacted you or uh, influenced you the most? Yeah. So it's kind of funny, and you you guys might laugh, and you know people listening will probably laugh too. But um, I I when I was in middle school, um, I read the Hunger Games trilogy, right, in mm-hmm. in the books. Um, and then they came out with the movies and I wasn't allowed to watch those for a while because my, you know, parents were kind of strict in that regard. Um, but once I got old enough to where I could, uh, watch it without them knowing, (laughs) um, I, uh, I watched it and, you know, it was just, it was really cool to be able to see the, um, the way that that movie was uh, adapted from the books and the way that they, the, the directions they went creatively and, you know, being able to relive those experiences through this movie, you know, because I would watch a scene and that would like, you know, as an example, um, man, I'm trying to think of a, of an example that doesn't spoil that movie at all. It's old enough. You think, uh, (laughs) I'm sure uh, enough people have watched it. Yeah. Okay. Well, so in, in the hunger games, if you haven't seen it and just, Fair warning, spoilers ahead. Um, Peta loses his memory, right? Mm-hmm. And so near at the end of the at the end of the trilogy, um, he's slowly starting to gain it back. And one of the things that he says is like, "Do you love me, real or not real?" And you know, it's super corny. It's so stupid. I get it. But like, hearing that brought me back to a time when I was, you know, in a in a middle school. Like it wasn't even a serious relationship, but you know, I was in middle school. Um, but it, it just took me back to that moment. You know what I mean? So it was just one yeah. of those things where um, something as, as simple and as silly as that, you know, could could affect me in that way where where I'd be sitting in my bed by myself or, or with friends or whatever watching this movie and absorbing all the cinematography and the and the you know cool action and whatnot. 
and then getting that moment to go, man, that happened, you know, in my past and it's cool to be able to experience that now, you know? Yeah. I think that's really cool. Like, um, not even just like, uh, the hunger games, which I did the exact same thing. I read all three books and then I watched Mm -hmm. all three movies and those were really cool to just see how it played out. But also like other stuff like, um, Harry Potter, like that was a a huge book (laughs) series and that launched, I think, I feel like more people I talk to, the more people have like watched the movie than read the book, which is kind of sad in some regards, but in a way the the movies do so much justice to the book that I, I don't really mind it. Then again, if you yeah. did the same thing for like Percy Jackson for like the movie, which was a total flop in my opinion, compared to <laughs> all the books that I read about it. But like, I don't know. It's just I, interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely with the Percy Jackson thing, man. I had so much hopes for that series <laughs> and it just flopped because I read I again in middle school and high school. I was a huge like fictional book nerd. I read you know, I read the Hunger Games, I read Harry Potter, I read the Percy Jackson series. But yeah, I agree. Like the the Harry Potter series is a lot of the same emotions, except that one's high school. So like, you know, the the love triangle between Harry and Hermione and Ron, like all of them, it's like, you know, I'll be watching that and, you know, it'll take me back to a time when uh, I had a really fun experience, you know, at, at school or, or whatever, talking about the movie and then seeing that scene that I had talked about with my friends takes me back to that moment, you know. So, um, yeah, those those series are, are really close to home for me too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, again, I think this is really something that I think is interesting when it comes to movies is how it connects to past memories. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I probably watched the movie when I was, you know, in elementary school and now revisiting it in quarantine, you know, some of the Disney movies. And it really just gives me the feeling of going back time, you know, in time. And it's really a wonderful feeling. And I, I think that's mm-hmm. the beauty of, you know, movie. Yeah. And, you know, we could uh, we could talk about this that I'm about to share forever, but like the whole Star Wars trilogy. Right. You know. It's just one of those things, depending on what time you grew up, you know, and I'm not saying that's stereotypical. If you grew up in the 2000s, you love the, you know, the prequels. I'm not saying that. But, you know, for for most people, depending on what time, you know, what what generation you grew up, um, that's kind of the, you know, that was kind of your first impressions. Right. Unless you had awesome parents that showed you the original trilogy first, you know, <laughs> Um but, you know, for me, I grew up, the very first Star Wars movie I ever saw was episode one, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I love the, the original trilogy a lot more than the, than the prequels just because of me having more of a critic's mind and being able to see the flaws <laughs> in the prequels and whatnot. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just one of those things. And then this generation, like the newest generation that's coming out and watching the Disney Star Wars movies... You know, they they love Ray. They love all those other characters, and you know, and not that they're bad characters, but you know, growing up previously, you know, to to before that came out and watching those movies, you know, you get a different opinion on on those movies than maybe those other generations. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting um, when you talk about like a Star Wars series, which is like a huge franchise that is like mm-hmm. had, has evolved over the decades. Um, I think it's interesting to watch how the movies. They kind of evolve and it, it kind of there are scenes that I think almost like rip each other off, which I think is a huge problem that comes when you watch new movies that are coming out. It feels like yeah. a lot of movies are almost copying one another or taking the same moral of the story and then like copying and pasting it to all these other plots. 
Do you think that's something yes. that's like really prevalent or do you have any examples of that? Man, I I get criticized so much for this, right? Um, and you guys will probably hate me after I say this, but <laughs> I thought Avengers Infinity War was better than Endgame. And the reason I thought that Endgame wasn't that good, um, I thought I still thought it was great, but I didn't. It lost me in that giant CGI battle with all the characters, which is everybody else's favorite part. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I get it, I understand, but it's just one of those things where, you know, you set up this huge, huge event and you bring everybody in, but then you do this huge, you know, cliche kind of like everybody from the franchise together in one shot. It just you know, bring everybody in, but maybe do a more intimate, like, here's everybody in one picture, and then we're going to go and, you know, um, do more of an intimate thing with, with every with each person during the battle. But I say that because now that that has happened, and because Endgame was so successful, not because of that scene, but because of, you know, all the movies leading up to it, and the huge hype behind it, and all that... All like a lot of other movies are pulling from that movie, specifically that scene. I mean, the best example of that is the newest Star Wars movie, the um, Rise of Sky. Is it Rise of Skywalker? Is that the new? Yeah, one? Rise of Skywalker. Right. Yeah, they they copy and pasted that almost almost exactly at the at the end of that movie, where it was literally like all the heroes come together and fight, and everybody's talking, and then. Ray goes to do the final battle and all of the Jedi are talking and all of them, you know, it's just one of those things where it's just, to me, it's, it's, it's not just lazy. Like I could totally imagine somebody going, man, this would be a great idea. And they thought really hard about it and how they could make it their own. Like I wouldn't consider it lazy. I would consider it just like a mistake, you know, Yeah, I <laughs> like see what you're you just, you made the wrong decision. You know, I, you totally could have done something way better and gotten a way better result. I mean, if you think about George Lucas and the way that he filmed and the way that he wrote these these the original trilogy, I mean, he took steps of like just gambles, you know, like he was risking it all, you know, risking it for the biscuit in the sense, you know. Yeah. Um he was just doing all these other things with the way that he was filming, the the type of, you know, character development that he was doing. I mean, Luke and Leia were not supposed to be brother and sister until episode five. That's why they kissed and, you know, whatever. So it's just one of those things where, like, you know, the way that he was doing it was was different. And obviously, Disney's not George Lucas, and George Lucas sold the rights, so it's whatever. But, yeah. you know, being able to compare that to Endgame, it just seems like like a lot of different things. I mean, I could I could argue that it looks like a money grab. I could argue that it's just people trying to, you know... Um, cop out on on the on the best you know the biggest movie of the year or whatever but you know in my opinion it was just a mistake you know they could have done something way better yeah totally and and I think what you just talked about really um, brought me to a quote that I saw uh, a few days ago how it talked about you can really mesh two parts of two very popular movies and they would just go together so there's just so mm-hmm. many similarities between movies nowadays that there's like a, a formula that everyone just plugs in, you know, like that's the protagonist, right. that's the antagonist, and we just mesh them together and we're going to, you know, throw out a movie. And that's one thing that I've been talking to Paul a lot, a lot too, is how those uh, more, you know, so to speak, classic movies have really their own ways of portraying certain storylines, as opposed to nowadays yeah. I'm really not seeing those anymore. It's now just more about how beautiful the CG is and how beautiful, um, you know, those big action things are. Right, right. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's for yeah, those absolutely. reasons I kind of enjoyed uh, the movie Parasite. 
which um, mm-hmm. I've heard like mixed reviews oh, about. Asian gang. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I've heard mixed reviews about it, but I really enjoyed the movie just because it was something, it was something so different and very new. This was a movie that I never really thought would come to Hollywood. It was something that was really took me by surprise. And I don't know, I just really enjoyed the plot, the overall like narrative arc and all of it just kind of came together and brought something that was very new to an industry that was mm. just almost copying itself uh, over and over the past yeah. few years. Oh, man, that that gets me excited because I, I haven't actually seen it yet, but we're trying to figure out a way to watch it on the podcast so yeah. or for the podcast. So that gets me really, really excited to watch it. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about it, too. Um, but hearing hearing that, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it was a really cool uh, movie in general just to like just to like analyze and then I would even go and watch it again just because there are so many um, little moments of foreshadowing and the thing uh, that's one of the things I kind of have a problem with some movies is like there's foreshadowing and then there's just blatant foreshadowing where they just call too much attention to something and it's just like it's just I don't know it just calls it out way too early or it makes too much of a deal of it. You would hate horror movies then. <laughs> I actually just watched one last night called um, Creep, and it was, it was, it, yeah, it was one of those examples of bad foreshadowing. Um, yep, yep. There was just like an axe, and they just zoomed in on the axe for way too long. And of course, <laughs> yep. like, you know, horror movie and an axe, that's like the perfect recipe for right. <laughs> the ending. Right. But anyway, um, I don't know, not to spoil that movie. Um, but like, sure. moving on to one of our other questions, like, what do you think characterizes as a good movie? Oh man, you know, a lot of that a lot of that can come from opinion, right? Good quote unquote good movie. Like, you know, Rotten Tomatoes can give a movie a sixteen percent when the actual like, you know, regular moviegoer gives it like a sixty percent. You know what I mean? So it it's a lot of opinion. But I do I do feel like depending on who's watching, there is a there is a quote unquote good movie, right? So, you know, um, a good movie would be someone who, or would be a movie where the actors in the movie um, hey, allow you to experience what they are trying to portray, right? So if an actor is feeling sick, you know, you a good movie would mean that that actor is, you know, portraying sickness or portraying being sick in such a way that you yourself feel a little sick or or can feel sick or or it puts the idea in your head that you feel sick Uh -uh. if an actor is supposed to be portraying you know feeling happy um and you don't feel happy at all then that would be a bad that'd be a bad actor right which enough of that makes a bad movie um same thing goes for like cinematography If, if the filming of that movie makes you feel like you're there or makes you feel like Wow, this is this is beautiful to look at. I really like I love, you know, this experience is so if it helps you to experience it. If the filming of that movie really takes you out of it and you're like I'm clearly in my bed watching this on my phone. You know what I mean? Like yeah, or yeah, yeah. or watching it on my TV, you know. Um Do you by any chance have like a Netflix or a Hulu account? I have a Hulu account. I used to have Netflix, um but I don't anymore. But um, I, I do go over to friends' houses and watch stuff on Netflix sometimes. Are you familiar with a series known as, like, uh, Black Mirror? Mm-mm. It's one of, like, my favorite shows. And it it's basically um, every episode is very unique and very different. 
And so far as I know, none of them really connect in any way. It's just like one story that goes on for an hour. And it's really interesting. And it talks about like technology and what are all these possibilities and um, like what are the dangers of it. And it's this really, really interesting um, show. And I've watched every episode at least like three times. And um, (laughs) they did this um, special episode on Netflix, which was an interactive episode. It was like a choose your own adventure. And what I really enjoyed about that what? is like, yeah, it was crazy. So the what was really interesting is the viewer had all the access to choose the path they wanted, but while still being in the direction of the director. And I think that was a really interesting concept because um, as a kid, I used to read a lot of choose your own adventure books and it was just really fun oh, yeah. to like kind of pick your own path. And now to have like TV shows and um, maybe even movies eventually have this capability where you get to choose where the characters go. I just think that's a really great advancement and a really great uh, opportunity for all of film. Yeah. I didn't even know that that was possible. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to check that out because I'm, I'm about to, to buy uh, one month of it at least. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I want to watch extraction. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if you like action movies, extraction is, is so good. It's with the, uh, Thor with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, um, really? Yeah, it's it's a Netflix original movie. It's I highly highly recommend it. It's very very you know action packed. There's a lot of you know shooting in the face that sort of thing. Um, but you know it's it's if you like action movie movies, you'll you'll really like that movie. So, but yeah, I'm about to I'm about to get it just for that uh, so I can watch that movie with my family. But um, I'll definitely check out that show. What's it called again? Uh, Black Mirror. But that, uh, now that you brought up like action movies in general, like um, I am a huge fan of action. I don't know if Jimmy, Jimmy, are you a huge? Yeah, fan? I, I watch a lot of action movies for sure. Um, I think there's something very special about action movies, especially with our generation. Like, it, like you were talking about earlier with the Avengers, or um, like mm-hmm. you've talked about in your podcast with the Dark Knight and all the Batman series. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think there's something that's just like more appealing for our generation or Gen Z in general? Or do you think like mm. there's like this whole other genre that we're more concerned with? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it this way, right? Um, and I, I could be totally wrong, but I'm Gen Z is people born from 1998 and forward. Is that correct, or is it? Am I wrong? It's 1997 to 2012. Okay, okay, that's Gen Z. Okay, um, well then, yeah, definitely this this will make sense. So, if you think about it this way. You know, people, maybe not millennials, but like the older, older generation, I, I forget what, Gen Y maybe, I, I don't know, the older, older ones, mm-hmm. um, they're the ones that actually went to war, you know what I mean, most yeah. of them, um, with World War One, World War Two. you know, that sort of stuff. And so for our generation, you know, Gen Z, or even millennials, but specifically with Gen Z, you know, we're, we don't know what that's like like we have no clue we've never lived that experience i mean maybe we've done it through call of duty i don't you know not everybody has but you know um so you know for most of us we don't know what it's like to go to war or we don't know what it's like to be involved in that sort of violence um so being able to watch movies that portray that level of violence or more so um it's just it it's really cool to experience like my favorite my favorite movie of all time is John Wick. And so those that series is uh there's three movies out right now. I think they're making a fourth one. Um 
and you know that that movie series is very very entertaining it's very cool the story is amazing but specifically with the action man well again i would recommend john wick as well john wick and extraction are very similar in their violence um you know violent whatever behaviors but you know with as far as violence goes those those movies are really high and really really chock full of violence when marvel movies are not as violent they're still kind of violent but not you know you rarely ever see someone actually get killed you know what i mean you yeah, know what right, i mean right. like you rarely ever see that you know in john wick i mean he walks into a club and shoots a bunch of people in the face you know what i mean so, and you see it so it's there's a different level of violence i think that goes with that but um you know for for us for gen z to bring it back you know the we enjoy witnessing or watching that stuff on a level where we're comfortable because you know we never experienced war or whatever like my grandpa he served in vietnam he was in the vietnam war and he likes watching war movies more than action movies because the war movies are more accurate to the experience that he had. Um, and action movies are like a, you know, debauchery of it. It's very much like a, you know, that would never happen, you know, kind of yeah. a thing. And so it kind of ties two worlds together where it ties the, the, the you know, war aspect of, of violence and, and action to a sci-fi kind of aspect of it. Um which I think our generation really, really enjoys and, and would prefer. I mean, if you think about all the memes that came out for World War III earlier <laughs> this year, I mean, there were so many people like our, of our generation that were freaking out or telling, like, we're going to die or <laughs> that we're like, you know, our generation is going to be screwed if we get all drafted or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I feel like our generation is more about the experience of of war or of violence or of action rather than physically doing it if that makes sense yeah and definitely i'll really just going back to the idea that we talked about earlier of this connection between movies and um yourself mm -hmm. so like um you know we're talking about your grandfather that um you know was a um a veteran from vietnam war so mm -hmm. this really shows how like the movie probably resonates and, and he resonates with the movie it's like nowadays mm -hmm. that you know a lot of gen zers and many people call the gen i because you know it's um, internet and everything else that right. we we are a generation of those not possible things. And that's what right. a lot of people enjoy, you know, like myself included, that I really mm -hmm. enjoy seeing things that are just super cool and flashy. And I think, um, you know, seeing movies that bring out those ideas uh, definitely make them more appealing to to me personally. Right. No, absolutely. And and I have a similar argument with, with different types of video games too, like, you know, I, if I wanted to play soccer or football, I would go outside and play soccer or football. I wouldn't need to play Madden or FIFA or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I can't really shoot anybody. So, you know, I'll play Call of Duty if I <laughs> want right, to do right. that. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> so similarly with movies, you know, I can't fly. So instead I'm going to watch Superman or I'm going to watch, you know, Star Wars and see people in ships fly, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's just it's that kind of mindset, I guess, because our generation is very much... Uh, living in the future <laughs> if that makes sense yeah and then kind of talk like we're talking about a lot of um things that movies are doing positively do you think there's anything that movies should show more of or should have um should include more throughout movies not in a way that's like copying and pasting but more of right uh, an art style or a different kind <laughs> of um way they approach like going toward the moral of the story or kind of the ending yeah, I mean, 
I guess you could qualify it as the whole copy and paste mindset, but I my answer was something along the lines of just more independent thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. more um more original ideas. Like maybe you're not copying and pasting, but you're making sequels, you know, or you're yeah. making um something else in a trilogy, you know. I would I mean, I don't know everybody wants this, but like I would love well, I could say it this way. I mean, take a, you know, take the idea of the the TV show Mandalorian, right? Um that's a movie or a show um that is in the Star Wars universe that doesn't really have any of the main Star Wars characters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It has some obviously, which is where I feel like it could be better as if it didn't. You know, I would love to watch a you know, movie set in the uh Star Trek universe, right? Let's say something is set in the Star Trek universe, but it has nothing to do with any of the main characters, right? No yeah. no um Captain Kirk, no next generation cast either, you know? Like mm-hmm. that well that's what made the next generation so good. You know yeah. what I mean? Is that it it was it didn't have Captain Kirk. It didn't have any of the main characters. It was set in the same world, but it didn't have any of the any of the characters. And so, you know, for movies, I would love to see that implemented like there's a movie that was supposed to come out either this year or next year that's been bumped another year because of everything that's going on that's called tenant Mm -hmm. and you know i am really really excited for that movie because it is such a original idea and it's being advertised so well that it's not spoiling anything it's barely it's giving us little itty bitty tidbits of what it could be and the most recent you know uh trailer for it like you would think because of how long it was that it it revealed like oh my gosh this is the whole movie but it it didn't like it, when i finished watching it i was like oh my gosh what is this movie even going to be about you know like i still don't know um you know and it and it looks like it's shot beautifully like the trailer at least was shot beautifully so you know those sort of things i'm really really excited for and and i hope and pray that most you know more movies would would do that is that they would have more of an independent thought process or have more independent ideas People are people are smarter than they think, you know. They can they can create stuff if they just sit down and and think about it and, you know, um get over the fear of rejection and kind of just, you know, <laughs> create something, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. George Lucas went through so many so many people. I mean, if you watch that documentary that's on Disney Plus, he went through so many different uh movie companies that rejected him and rejected the idea of star wars and just were like no this is dumb no no one's gonna watch this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he couldn't get a single studio and then finally um he gets a studio to do it and it becomes one of the most classic movies i guess that is known to our generation and yeah it's going to continue to be known what's interesting is uh now that we've mentioned disney a little bit um so i think what was it, January? It was a few months ago. There was all this talk, and there's still a little bit of talk about it, of like the streaming war and the mm. fight between Disney+, Plus, Netflix, Hulu, all of these new um, companies that used to be just um, to produce films and movies and TV shows are now converting to a streaming service. So they're all yeah. having this um, competition. And while a lot of people are talking about who's going to come out on top, I kind of want to talk about what do you think is going to happen to films and TV shows when they go through the cycle? Because what I'm seeing now mm. is um, what I find interesting is when I go on Netflix, I see a lot of new movies that are in multiple different genres with uh, different concepts and such. But 
they're done on really, really low budgets. And mm. what I think is interesting is they're mass producing all these films and ideas, but I think they're doing it mostly, like you said earlier, for like a cash grab and stuff like that, a money grab. Yeah. And they're not really doing it for the idea of like creating something new. So they'll take an artist's idea and just give them a small budget of like, I don't know, $20 million or something. I don't know what their budgeting is. But yeah. they'll small give them, budget. Yeah, <laughs> just a small, uh, small loan. Twenty million dollar budget. Twenty million dollars. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, like they'll give them this small budget, and then they'll go through the works and like create what their idea was. But they're limited to that budget because uh, Netflix has this program where they um, they want to use the smallest budget possible to produce as many mm-hmm. films as possible, so they have more. And I think that's what kind of, kind of allows Netflix to, in my opinion, is kind of on top just because they have mm-hmm. so many more originals and TV shows and they've been in the game longer. Um, right. While Disney Plus is, it's all the it's all the same old Disney movies. You just have them for free and available, which is which for some demographics is like huge because I know a bunch of kids and uh, families love to watch those movies. But for me personally, yeah. I favor Netflix just because there's more diversity to it. I'm just wondering what your opinion is on what's going to happen to these movies now that we're taking ideas, but we're limiting them to um, the amount of money we can give them. Yeah, Uh, man, it makes me sad that, you know, that that's happening Mm because it's in most cases, I'm not saying in every case, but in most cases, if given a cheaper alternative, you know, people will take it right especially businesses right and so you know um you know directors that have this grand idea you know will look at their options you know and it's like okay well i could take out an insane loan from warner brothers and make this movie or i could you know and it might and it might come out it might not or i could partner with netflix and you know, get this sort of a guarantee, sort of not guarantee that it's going to be watched. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where it just makes me sad that that, that is uh, a, or can be such a cop-out for, for most uh, or for some directors. I will say, though, you know, for some directors, it's it gives them almost the accountability or the... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the... Um, well, the ability to uh, create something beautiful on a low budget. It almost proves that, like, you don't have to have such a big budget to make something, you know, amazing that people are going to watch. Um, you know, so I'm trying to think of a movie example that that, that uh, is with other than Star Wars. <laughs> um like, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly what the budget was for extraction on Netflix, but I know that it's already made double its profit or double mm-hmm. its budget. So, you know, it's just one of those things where if you do it right, it can be successful. If you don't do it right, then it's just one of those crappy Netflix movies, you know? Yeah. Um, but as far as, like, the future of movies goes, you know, I feel like I hope it doesn't go to to those lower budgets if they can somehow like if we if if somehow all movies were to go to only streaming services um i would hope that new movies that are coming out would get a bigger budget because of that you know that that would be the result 
Um, but businesses are usually selfish and don't want to share their money. So I don't know how likely that would be. <laughs> so I think moving forward, what streaming companies, I don't even know if they will, but they have to realize that they're going to destroy an industry that's so focused on creativity if they don't allow yes. artists their freedom. Right, right. And that's that's where, you know, I hate, I continue to bring it back to George Lucas, but it's only because he was the kind of the biggest, you know, director as far as uh, decisions that he made. Um, but like, you know, <clears throat> he he left the Directors Guild, right? Like mm -hmm. he was not a part of that. Um, and the way you can tell is because he didn't want the, the opening scene of the movie to be opening credits. Um, and if you watch movies, anytime there's opening credits, you know that that movie's, the directors are in the Directors Guild. Um, if there's no opening credits, then the, that movie is not considered in the director's guild or the director of that movie is not anyway. Um, so, you know, he, but George Lucas didn't want to take away from, you know, that episode four, that ship going over the screen, you know, could you imagine opening credits while that's happening? Yeah. I mean, that would suck. <laughs> so, but I mean, the reason that you do that is because the companies, the, you know, the businesses that, that, um, help pay for these movies want want their cut, you know, they want to be able to put their names in the beginning of the movie, you know, mm -hmm. so it's just one of those things where, you know, and that's why it's it's so hard with Netflix and, and Hulu and Disney Plus and all that to have those lower budgets, you know, it's just like you're, you're taking away or, or you're valuing money over the creativity behind the movie itself, you know, and if history's, you know, shown us anything that usually doesn't work when you value money over you know a certain aspect of of human of humanity you know yeah. um so it's just one of those things where <clears throat> i i hope that you know that these movies and these shows that are successful because of the the bigger budget that these that these streaming companies are, are giving them that that and that they make enough money that those streaming companies can go oh these do better and make more money than these lower budget movies Mm -hmm. Let's start giving movies a bigger budget. But to uh, mm -hmm. end on a more positive note, uh, are there any movies you'd recommend for quarantine? Oh, man. Um, I think everybody is kind of in a season of rewatching old films or classic classic films or whatever, you know? So um, my recommendation would be to go back and watch movies that you loved and, and grew up watching and, you know, go back and... <clears throat> And take the time to really, really watch those movies that you that you've watched before, but maybe with a different eye. You know, go back and watch, um, watch these movies with uh, with a mindset of what can I take from this that I didn't take or that I couldn't take before. Like now that I have lived, you know, a little bit longer, or now that I've seen this movie already, or you know, um, now that we're living in this time of quarantine, what can I take from this film that will help me here and now? You know. So, yeah, that would be my recommendation. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew, for coming on the podcast. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. If you guys want to check out more of Andrew's podcast, you can look it up at Talk This Way Podcast. It's a really cool podcast that does commentary um, talking about movies that they've just watched. And it's kind of sort of like a game show. And it's a really fun, interactive kind of platform that you can check out. Again, thanks for listening, and if you want to connect with us, you can contact us at connect at wrzpod.com, or you can find us on Instagram at wrzpod. Thanks for listening.